a lot of there are some personality types that just seem kind of doomed or destined to be depressed discouraged maybe even like a i don't hate to say tormented that might be too heavy of a word but just kind of a heavy weight on them all the time i am one of those oh um and i i'm just wondering like is is that part of a function of some personality types you think to just be a little bit more somber, serious, morose, discouraged potentially? Or do you think that's something that's developed? I mean, what's the Bible have to say about that? <laughs> what's the Bible? So let's take a pill. <laughs> take a pill. Where's that? Well, there are, you know, I guess I, I think immediately of Jeremiah, you know, they call him the weeping prophet, you know, it seemed yeah. like he never had. Although we say, you know, he was the one that was always, you know, forecasting gloom and doom. And yet some of the most precious promises. For I know the plans I have from you, says yeah. the Lord. For you, says the Lord, plans yeah. to prosper you. Problems, uh, Jeremiah 29, 11. Well, yeah. and everybody quotes. And then, you know, behold, I'm the God of all flesh. Is there anything too difficult for me? You know, and there's several of them. That, um, even even that word, I mean, isn't there a word in English, a Jeremiad is like a, Perhaps. It's, no, a Jeremiah. There's a word, a real word, Jeremiah. Okay. is like a proclamation of a... Well, that sounds better than Jeremiah or something. You no, know? it's yeah. a, a Jeremiah is a... Hold on. There's a word for it. Well, he was the one, you know, I mean, he did have a lot of negative things to say, but that's just the season he was in, you know I mean? The, a literary work or speech expressing a bitter lament or a righteous prophecy of doom. Oh, man. How'd you like to have your name? How'd you like a Joel ad or something? Or a lamentation, an utterance of grief or sorrow. So... Okay, well, there now you know what the Bible says about it. Yeah, so maybe it is the nature of some people that are a little more prophetic in nature. And, you know, we've talked about the spiritual yeah. gifts on another podcast, and there's this certain spiritual gift, or it's more of a motivational gift, right, of the prophet? Oh, yeah. Well, it, it's both. There is a there is a spiritual gift of the prophet, and then there's the motivational gift. Which the, the motivational gift is more temperamental type. And there's an office of a prophet as well, yeah. Right. Yeah, but the motivation is more of a, it's a temperament, more to uh, be very black and white. mm to be um, to be very concerned with justice, you know, which that could over. make you really discouraged and depressed all the time if you're looking around and seeing the lack yeah. of it, yeah. especially when you live in an unjust world. And there, I mean, it is unjust. It's unjust. It just very little justice in this world, actually. And and we're not talking politically here. We're talking worldwide here. Yeah, there just never is much justice in the world. You know, I mean, it's pro- this is probably the most just it's ever been. So so let me ask you this then: maybe the people that are depressed actually have it right. <laughs> maybe they're just looking at one side of the coin. Maybe that's possible too. You know? say maybe like if you're if you're blind and in denial, uh, then you're happy. Yes. Well, or you're looking at the other side of the coin. You know, I love this saying. It says, "What if?" Because that's the thing. It's like, well, what if this happens? What if that happens? What if works both ways? Yeah. What if things work out well? What if things go great? What if everything? I had a situation the other day where I. End of the night, I had a legal thing going on, and I get the deal finally, the statement, and it's all screwed up. And I like, I needed it by the next day. And so all night long, I'm like, fuming. And then finally, well, not all night long, for about an hour, I'm kind of fuming over. Rah, 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 rah. Now, okay, wait a minute. I, I decided a long time ago I'm going to be a believer here. And a believer believes that we know that all things work together for good. So I thought, all right, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to stay up all night angst over this. And it wasn't easy to put it aside, but I managed to do my best. And sure enough, the day, next day it worked out in an hour. It was all done. Boom. Uh, Real simple. 
I've had that where I'm like, you spend the whole night worrying about it and then you make one phone call and they're like, oh, that was a mistake. And it's like, yeah, it's done. It was yeah. as simple as that. But that's what I, you know, I, I years ago, I probably told the story before, maybe you've heard, I was in a prayer time in the morning one time, just sort of minding my own business, you know, just sort of kind of talking to God and not expecting him to really respond. And all of a sudden this voice I'm hearing, not a, out of the heavens or anything, but just in my head, I'm hearing this thought, what would your life be like if you were a believer? Mm. And I'm thinking, um, I think I am a believer. I thought I was a believer. And then just scripture started popping in mind. The first of them was at Romans 8, 28. We know that all things work together for good. And to those I just, who love God, yeah. Yeah, to those who love the Lord, those who are called according to his purpose. And the question was like, what would your life be like if you really believe that? And I thought, wow. If I really, so from that moment on, I determined I am going to do my best to begin to be and live like a believer. So your natural bent is that way though. Anyways, you're very optimistic kind of, uh, you're very optimistic in general. So that Just doesn't very realistic in a positive <laughs> no. way. And, and me, I would say I'm very realistic. So, so, but I mean, that is an interesting concept because so for example, uh, Steven Pinker in a book he wrote called the better angels of our nature. I think it was that one, or maybe it was, uh, I guarantee Rush. you nobody knows. Anyways, he basically <laughs> says that w- most of us operate what's co- with what's called the availability heuristic. And so you go around with the, the, av- what? the availability heuristic, which is basically the, w- the way you evaluate the world is based on the, ba- the last information you got. And nobody, you don't ever see a news report that says, I'm standing here in Zimbabwe where they have not had a civil war in 37 years. There's peace. Everyone's getting along. He's like, that's not news. So we immediately, right. with the availability heuristic, what we go to is the last piece of information we got, and nobody reports on good news. Yeah. They only report on bad news. Right. So you're evaluating everything based on what's available, which is what people are blasting out there, which is the bad news. But again, it's like, hey, I'm standing here in America where there hasn't been a civil war for 230 years. It's like, yeah. that's Who not cares? news. Yeah. yeah. So there's this idea that we only go towards the neg- what's a, what's most available to us tends to be negative. Yeah, sure. But even when things are going positive, uh, I can I don't know. I again, I think I'm more bent towards this potentially tormented personality type. Yeah, and maybe it has something to do with that. I do see as I'm getting older, it's less and less this way. But I do see things kind of black and white. I've always kind of been that way. And when you're looking for things to be black and white, but you look at a world of gray, it can be very frustrating and you can be very discouraged. And it's yeah. so clear in my mind, but it's really not. Well, we're wanting to think there are answers to the world's problems. And and there are some answers, but there are but those problems have already been solved. Yeah, if it was easy, it would already be solved. because yeah, yeah. we've already figured those Because, you know, it's like we really... I, we really are living in a world that is the best it's ever been. Yeah. I mean, poverty is down. Um, a lot of, you know, slavery is no longer legal. Yeah, it still goes on, but it's not legal. It's not endorsed by the government. Mm-hmm. And there's all kinds of things, you know, we, we're, we're not, I mean, we had this, uh, what, what do you call it, the COVID thing, you know, but it wasn't like the Black Plague. No, you know, that, worked, yeah. that wiped out like a third of the population. Entire of the towns Earth. being decimated. Yeah, yeah. And so we really are living in the best time ever. But I'm I'm convinced that we have like a like a container that is going to be full no matter what because you see people it's a container of misery you know okay and so you see people have a little bitty problem. And their whole container's full. It's like, oh, I got this bad problem. Mm. What's the problem? Oh, I got this ingrown toenail. Okay, great. And then you run into a guy who's just had a major situation, and he's he's no more miserable. He's at the same level of misery. 
And so some people are just insistent upon keeping that bucket full of misery. So you expand it as keep your, so you're basically saying keep a big misery bucket. Well, some people just <laughs> seems to be. To where little things have to pile up to where it to be really bad for your miserable. That would be nice, but I kind of think the bucket maybe is expandable and different person. Well, that'd be, there's my very picturesque way of illustrating it. I think different personalities do have different sized buckets. Yeah. I mean, so I read this quote by Dostoevsky and when I, when I shared it with somebody, they laughed. They're like, you think that's you? He says this, Fyodor Dostoevsky in Crime and Punishment says, pain and suffering are always inevitable for a large intelligence and a deep heart. The really great men must, I think, have great sadness on earth. And I'm like, that's me. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Which half? The great sadness. Oh, the great but sadness. But that must mean I have a great intellect and deep heart. Yes. And then it goes on to say, and they're very humble about it as And well. they're humble too. But I think that is a... Th- I mean, some of the people I listen to that like, well, I had, or, or Jordan, somebody asked Jordan Peterson the other day, are you, has this meteoric rise to the top been great? He's like, I wouldn't call it great. <laughs> He's like, the weight of what I carry around, the criticism, the hearing yeah. these stories of the lives that people, and he's like, it's great hearing that they came out of that through, you know, a book I wrote or something. But he said, I wouldn't call it a light weight to bear that, that these people are living in this. Yeah. What, what most people are living in, and, here's, and I hear the stories of that and the weight of it. And I've heard a lot of people that are in helping professions that are just like, I had to get out of helping professions yeah. because the weight of what I hear and the abuse I see when I go into homes or you know people that do like home visits for social services and social care, they're like, I was talking to a girl the other day. She said, I got out of it and got into photography. I just couldn't handle it. I'd go and I'd see what this kid is being raised under. And I'm like, we've got to do something about it, but there's nothing that could be yeah. done. She's like, I just felt this perpetual weight of depression and discouragement. And I'm like, so what do you do now? And she's like, well, I don't have to think about it. Yeah. I'm like, okay. So that's what most of us probably do though. We, we don't, if you don't have it in front of you, you don't have to think about it. But yeah. the reality is there are some pretty dark, dismal things in the world. Yeah. So the, I've heard it called compassion overload. Mm. You, you, your, your compassion just, you, it just gets overloaded and to where you can, cannot handle it anymore. Well, and so there are some, I mean, especially if you have a, you know, like a Messiah complex, which unfortunately yeah. some of the most caring people I know, honestly, have kind of a Messiah complex. They're like, well, I can save this. Yeah. I can save this person. Well, probably not. Uh, Jesus was the only Messiah. Yeah. And but, it's noble that you want to. Yeah. But, but that can some, be a weight on you oh, yeah, that sure. torments you. Yeah. I remember, who was the fellow who was in the uh, concentration camp who got out and wrote the book on... Uh, the Gulag Archipelago guy? Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, that's not... That's oh, what's his name? Um, Solzhenitsyn. Nope. Oh, no, that, that is the archipelago. No, I'm talking about the concentration camps of World War II. Um, oh, Viktor Frankl. Frankl. Yeah, Frankl, yeah, Frankl, yeah, Frankl. Yeah, 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 yeah. He said something I thought was really amazing. Well, he didn't say it. It was in his book. He may have said it too. But anyway, he said the best of us didn't survive. And what he was saying is the folks who are willing to sacrifice and the folks who are willing to, he said, those of us who survived compromised a lot morally and did a lot of things that we normally wouldn't have done in order to survive. Underhanded type things. Yeah, whatever it takes to survive. And he said, so the best of us didn't make it out. Well, that was kind of interesting, you know? Mm. So, um, yeah, the, here you've got the same thing. A friend of mine was a with the Child Protective Services in Austin, and he he quit after just a few years. And I understand that in that profession, the longevity is very short, even shorter than youth pastors. <laughs> yeah, I mean, unless you just numb yourself to the yeah. to the just numb yourself to it, because you do get overwhelmed with seeing the problem and being limited in what you can do to fix it. I mean, we see that with a lot of missionaries that seem 
Yeah. I've seen, or actually I've seen that with guys even closer to home. Uh, I remember in Corpus talking to the guy that worked with the homeless down there and mm-hmm. he seemed brutal, mm-hmm. but yeah, he was, I remember him, he yeah. was doing more for the homeless than anyone in town yeah. without a doubt. I mean, the city came to him when there was a homeless issue and they'd be like, what do we do here? Cause he knew every person that was yeah. homeless in town, but he was vicious, but he, you, he kind of he basically said you have to separate yourself from the emotion of it and say what do we need to do to get these people where they need to go and he's like and some of the people don't want to go where you need to take them yeah and so he's like so you just write them off and I'm like you write them off he's like well we we've he he came up with it he came up with one he's like well what do you want well I don't want to live in a home well what do you want I just want a safe place I can stay so he literally bought a field yeah put a fence up around it said you be in by ten o'clock we're gonna lock you in every night and they're like that's great I'll be safe yeah. that's literally all the dude wanted is a safe place where he could sleep in his tent at night. He wanted to be homeless. And you're like, surely everyone wants to have a home. He's like, no, he didn't want to. And he's that like, that was Pelican. Pelican and, didn't want a home, did he? Yeah. And <laughs> it was, was his name. Is that what was his name? Well, that's what he went by. I'm yeah. sure that wasn't his given name, but Pelican. Yeah. And he said, people look at me as being heartless, but he's like, that's literally what that guy wanted. Yeah. And he's like, and I had to separate myself from the emotion of everybody wants a home. And it's a, and, and it's, the same and, guy told you never give to a person on the street. Yeah, he, he was. Says a, you're just enabling them. He was the one that told me that. Yeah, he's I like know, never. Yeah, he's really? like, if you want to help the homeless, give to a homeless shelter because yeah. they know them by name and they know their situation and they know the reason they're out begging on the street is because they're alcoholics. And if you're giving them, yeah, you know, and you're just like, well, that sounds so brutal and vicious. But it's like he had almost managed to separate himself from it. And I wonder if that's so he wouldn't be constantly tormented by what he saw. Well, I'm sure that's the way he was able to stay at it for so long. As far as I know, he's still going down there. The ministry is. He was a rock star, man. I mean, he knew every homeless person in town by name. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. So I don't, so they're. But that could be really tormenting if you felt like you were called to like get every one of them in a home or, I mean, it could be, you could, if you have the wrong, I don't know that. Well, I could probably separate myself. So I don't know how you deal with that, you know what I mean? Because I think of, you know, I think kind of, you were talking about, again, this, we were talking about this over kind of a negative personality. I kind of wonder if David wasn't that way. And the reason I say that is- King David? King David, yeah. 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 I guess we ought to specify which David. David who? (laughs) David Lee Roth. David. (laughs) David. King David. David Jones. The one King David. Yeah. yeah, because, you know, but but I remember there's one scripture where he talks about forget not all his benefits. Mm. And I think maybe he was talking to himself. And I remember one another psalm where he says, why are you downcast, oh my soul? So he's talking to himself. Why are you downcast? Put your hope in God. And I think he had to constantly be reminding himself, don't forget what the Lord has done. Okay, you're in a miserable yeah. situation. You're surrounded. looks like the enemy's going to stomp you out before midnight. Don't forget what God's done in the past. Forget not all his benefits. And then why are you downcast? Put your hope. He's talking to himself. Put your hope in God. Which David obviously had a musician temperament, which is another interesting side of this. A lot of the people that create the greatest art are the people that are most in touch with the most uncomfortable things. Yeah. David wrote these songs that are like pouring out his heart. Like they're coming into, you know, they all want to lop off my head, but you're going to come. And maybe that, that tormented personality type is... I mean, a lot of them are the artists. I mean, you see so many of these artists that take their life out of just despair. Um, So many amazing musicians. I think about Kurt Cobain. Um, I mean, just a brilliant, creative mind, but the torment he carried with him about the realities around the world, it's what allowed him to create good art, but if he didn't keep it in balance, he ended up taking his own life. Yeah. and Well, he forgot to put his hope in God. Right, which I don't know if he ever had his hope in God. But but I'm just saying, yeah, yeah. it it can't, because again... (laughs) 
are things hopeless? Yeah, they really are. <laughs> Apart from Apart Jesus. From God, yeah. It really is as hopeless. You, you know, if it really if, is as bad as they say. Yeah, yes. yeah. Yeah. Or worse. If you only, it's like they say, if you can be happy in the situation, it's probably because you don't understand the situation. I vehemently <laughs> agree with that statement. If you're happy looking around you, you're not looking at all the facts. Yeah. And fortunately, again, we are extremely blessed where we are, but we still find enough to fill up our bucket. Right. To be miserable about it. Well, well, this this didn't happen right. That didn't go right. Oh, the government's not the way it ought to be, or this isn't. And we got people, we've got the worst country in America. In the world. world. Yeah. Yeah. You go, really? Is that why everybody's trying to get in here? Yeah. (laughs) And when was the last time you tried out another country other than to go to the tourist zone that you flew in and that is the funny part. Out. A lot of these people haven't been to abject poverty. Because when you go to abject yeah. poverty, you come in and you're like, oh my gosh. What this do we have is here? real poverty. Yeah. 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 So if you're one of those people, um, you know, of the deep intellect and deep heart like me, <laughs> just kidding, whatever whatever that quote was yes. that I just gave. Was it uh, large intelligence and a deep heart? One that has been burdened with a deep heart and yes. large intelligence, then you should be smart enough to figure it out on your own. <laughs> What do you think is the key to not giving in to that, you know, that tormented, I mean, you could obviously tapping into it is might be a powerful gift that God has given you to, I mean, I mean, there is a yeah. nature, there is a nature that God has given certain people, the prophetic nature, like it's a heavy burden to, to yes. proclaim truth in a world of darkness or whatever. But, but man, if you, maybe is it, is it taking yourself too seriously? Is maybe part of it you taking yourself too seriously? Cause I know that's one of the things with me that I'm sometimes I look at myself and like, who do I think I am? Like if, if I'm gone tomorrow, is it really going to make, you know, that much of a difference? And I'm worrying about all these things that I really literally cannot change. Meanwhile, there's things I can change that I'm just not addressing because they seem too small. Yeah. What? Okay. So I think we've already touched on a couple of them. I think one is there, you know, when you see disaster coming and things like scripture says, you see disaster coming, the wise man, which I see every disaster coming, even the ones that don't come. Don't happen. Yeah. 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 (laughs) <laughs> like, don't tell me worrying doesn't help. 95% of things I worry about never happen. That's right. So I, it must I, help, right? And I yeah. spend a lot of time worrying about those. I exactly. saved the world. That's yes. right. So I think one would be when you do see it coming, take reasonable precaution, but then realize you can't control everything. You can't know everything. And then the other two things I think would, I think that's a good idea, not taking yourself too seriously, not realizing you're not the Messiah. Jesus has this. What's that, the, the Greek god Atlas that had to carry the world on his shoulders or whatever? Like, yeah. you're not Atlas. Yeah. yeah. And but that speaks to that human tendency that we all have to think the world's on our shoulders. Yeah, and that, that, that I can make a major difference. And you can make a difference. You can make a difference. But many times your difference is not going to be changing the world. It might just, many times I think we get so, well, it's the old story. We get, I love humanity. It's people I can't stand. And so many times we look at this. I, I'm the reverse. I don't like humanity. I like people. Like people. Okay. <laughs> yes, yes. But, but the thing is we can many times get this big, we got to change the whole situation and we ignore the one little guy right next to us that we really could make a difference in his life. Right. So right. maybe, maybe that would tie in with not taking yourself too seriously, realizing little steps do make a difference. Mm-hmm. You know, baby steps, baby steps. Don't forget about Bob. What about Bob? Right. Yeah. But then I think the biggest ones would be the two things we talked about where David, you know, don't forget the Lord's benefits. Don't forget what he's done in the past. And that's where journaling comes in big. I, I think the Psalms are like David's journals. Yeah. He wrote down what God had done for him to remind himself of the victories of the past. And then finally would be the idea of uh, realizing that God can, you know, there's nothing too difficult for him. Don't forget his benefits. And remember that he's got, he's got this. He's, nothing's going to catch him off guard. Which is maybe where faith comes in for the people that are a little bit more... Uh, you know, the weight of the world carries yeah. heavier on them. My, my, you know, some people are just blessed 
to have a little bit more lighthearted of a personality. Emily's one of those. My wife, Emily, is. Uh, I'm not, right? So sometimes she's looking at me and she's like, you're always so depressed and discouraged about everything. Uh, but I think maybe that's where faith, faith for those who are the tormented souls looks like recognizing that, hey, well, <laughs> I remember a joke you told me one time. It had a, a, a dad had a kid, he has an optimist and a, and a pessimist. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so the, they're like, man, we got to get, we got to balance these kids out a little bit. And so the optimist, you know, they, uh, they bought him a motorcycle or something like that. Oh, for Christmas. Yeah, yeah. For Christmas, they bought him a motorcycle and he started crying when they got the motorcycle. And he's like, what, what, what's wrong? We bought you a motorcycle. He's like, oh, but I know it's going to break down one day and we're going to have to repair it. And we're, it's going to be, we're not going to be able to repair it. And I'm going to have a broken motorcycle. And they're like, oh my gosh, so they give the pessimist or the, the optimist kid. Uh, yeah, they filled his bedroom with uh, donkey poo or something. Yeah, donkey yeah. manure. And yeah. so he like sees the manure pile and he's like, oh, he goes and grabs the shovel and starts scooping out. They're like, what are you doing? He's like, man, with all this manure, there's got to be a pony in here somewhere. Yeah, like, so. Maybe that's for these tormented personality types. The thing faith looks like recognizing that even in the midst of the darkness, God can bring yeah. amazing things out of it. Well, that's kind of what David said, the why you downcast. You have to talk to yourself sometimes and say, put your hope in God. 